Kate. And I'm Carl, and this is Everything Changed, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. Where we explore all the best moments, themes, and discuss why it's one of the best animated series of all time. Hey everybody, we are back with Everything Changed, an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast. How you doing, Carl? Good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How's your week been? Pretty good. I don't think anybody cares about our weeks, Katie. How was the lobster <laughs> tail? I think everybody has to know what happened with the lobster tail. Wow. I think okay. Wants to know what happened with your lobster tail? That's fair. I went to get it and it was gone. You went to go get one lobster tail specifically. Well, it was like two in a package and it was gone. But instead, I ended up picking up some Cornish hens that I made tonight. Oh right. That's you're just you're, you're quite the coin sewer, aren't you? <laughs> the coin sewer, Culinary yes. Coin sewer, yeah. Basically, Julia Child. I'll tell you though, the Cornish hens. I made it. Have you ever like cooked something and then like you just lost your appetite completely? No, literally never. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that definitely happened to me, and I just didn't want to eat them. They smelled really nice, and Michael devoured his, so they turned out all right. All right. And I stuffed it full of butter, so that's always good. Okay, so that's where the Julia... You, you should have said you were... What was that one lady on Food Julia Network? Julia Child! No, 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 no. Other lady. Oh, the racist one? Yes. Paula Dean? Yes, correct. You're the new Paula yeah. Dean. You need to put on <laughs> roughly 250 pounds, but... I think you could pull it off. You I know think you're what? ready to Honestly, get in the game. I think so. I think, I think that's game. the next step. I want to see you, Guy Fieri, and that one lady with the giant face who <laughs> hosts Barefoot Contessa. I want oh. to see you three on a billboard for Food Network. You know what I always that's... say? Evolve or die. Maybe this is like my next, maybe this is my next reincarnation. Okay. Oh, good tie-in. Remember we were doing a show us. about Avatar The Last Air, but uh, very good. I'm transitioning that. us into episode seven, Winter Solstice Part One, The Spirit World. So let's just, we only have like 25, 30 minutes. Let's launch right in. So I've been honored with giving the summary of this one. So we get our first two-parter and this one is titled The Spirit World. No, that's World. not true. Wait, what was our other two-parter? First, the first two episodes. I don't think I count that as a two-parter. It is a two-parter. I don't think so. They aired at the same time, thus making it a two-parter. Okay, well, I think our audience should go back and see if it says part one and part two like it does for Winter Solstice. I don't think it does. It doesn't say that for Winter Solstice either. Episode one is the Winter Solstice and or the Spirit World, and part two is Avatar Roku. Listen, You're let's wrong. let the fans decide. You're wrong? Let's I'm, I am the fans. You are definitely I the mean. expert of this fandom, but let's let the fans decide, and whoever is right, the other person has to buy them some Arby's. No, a lobster tail. Fine, a lobster tail. Great. Moving right along. Wow, you are you are ripe tonight, Carl. I know, right. I know. So, so summer time. So Aang and crew find themselves in a small Earth Kingdom village that's being attacked by Hei which is a monster from the spirit world. Very scary monster. We'll get into that later. I shouldn't say a monster. It's more just like a spirit. A disgruntled spirit. It's an adorable spirit. monster. It's a disgruntled it's, it's very. Spirit. It's not very gruntled. It needs to be more... It needs to be degruntled. So the village is like, you're the avatar and you are the link between the physical and the spirit world. So you can make peace with the spirit. So Aang tries to do this by calming him. But the monster ends up kidnapping Sokka because Sokka comes out to help Aang fight the spirit. Aang pursues him and he's knocked out and he winds up, boom, in the spirit world. And this is where it gets really trippy. I think this episode will get into it, but it is a bit of a departure from what anything we've seen before. He doesn't realize at first that he's in the spirit world, but then he realizes he can't be seen or heard by Katara or even Appa. 
And while he's in the spirit world, he's told that Avatar Roku has a message for him on the winter solstice, which is like the next day. Aang returns from the spirit world to the physical world, and he calms the spirit, restoring peace to the village. And turns out the spirit is the forest spirit, and it's just really upset because the forest has been burned down. Burned down by the Fire Nation. I guess they're like bad guys? I That's the sense I'm getting. But, you know, I don't, we haven't I don't heard wanna, their side of the story yet. Yeah, I don't want to make judgments too early. But speaking of Fire Nation, in my favorite scene, Iroh is having a nice steaming bath and gets captured by the Earth Kingdom soldiers. And they're going to take him to the Earth Kingdom capital, Ba Sing Se. Never heard of it. He's going to face justice there. But Iroh is a badass and gets out of it. And then there's a dope scene where Zuko also finds him and they fight off the earthbenders. And it's really cool. So Zuko frees Iroh and they basically end up in the town where our crew was last seen asking them if they've seen the Avatar, but by then the crew is long gone, headed toward the Fire Nation. Uh, specifically Avatar Roku's island. Mm-hmm. It's a crescent-shaped island in the Fire Nation. That's right. So crescents exist in this world. We're pinning it down. Indeed. Crescent and crescent rolls are very popular in this world. So one there's a lot that imagine. happens in that one episode, and it's kind of a weird one. So what are your thoughts before we get into all the usuals? I like the episode. It's definitely different. It introduces a lot of new concepts and ideas. We've heard of Avatar Roku before, but nothing about like the spirit world. And these two episodes really set up the main thrust of the series. Right now, it's, you know, learn waterbending, but have fun getting your way up to the North Pole. And then after that, you know, we'll figure out the next step. But these two episodes really take a step in. What about you? What did you think? Yeah, this is where we learn that the Avatar is the link between physical and the spiritual world, which I think is not something really touched on before and kind of like a big theme of the entire series and correspondingly Korra, Legend of Korra. So I really enjoyed that. I think that you also get to see Iroh in his full Dragon of the West-ness in this episode, which is really, really cool. And I don't think watching this for the first time, I realized like how important the spirit world would be. Yeah, speaking of Iroh, I think this is the first time that we see him fight in any in any context. Yes, it is. So at the beginning of the episode, he's just like sitting around, lounging around in the hot spring. But by the end of it, oh, maybe something else is going on. And we get a hint of Iroh's past because when the mm. soldiers are taking him back to Ba Sing Se, they're like, a city where you once laid siege for over a bunch of days. 600 days. Who's the expert now? It's me. I was being facetious to make you feel good. Oh, thank you. You're so generous. Flexed on me. I know. I did. That was a weird flex. I do love that Iroh warms up the spring with his nostrils. And like, you get that visual of like his nostrils. And then they're like, oh, the dragon of the, like they're teeing you up visually that Iroh is like the dragon of the West. Mm, Yes. I like how when Aang's in the spirit world, he is a force ghost. He's blue, (laughs) blue shaded. Uh Uh-huh. Somewhat transparent. There's a nice Star Wars reference for you. There's going to be lots of them. So strap in. Hope you like Star Wars. No. Hope that you're a Star Wars fan, which means you probably don't like Star Wars, but you know about it. (laughs) So that kind of leads me into some of my favorite bits. Obviously, Uncle Iroh enjoying a hot spring, soaking away his troubles. And I love when Zuko was like, my troubles cannot be soaked away. Zuko needs to like relax. I don't think so. I think Zuko needs to press forward. Yeah, but like the going. way. You know what I mean? When, you, when you're coming in hot like Zuko is, sometimes you just need to get a job done and then you can chill and relax in the pools. All right. Look, he's always coming in hot. He's, he's always a firebender. Whoa. He hasn't taken it down yet. We haven't, uh, we haven't really gotten Zuko not coming in hot yet. He's always at a 10. 
Always. I love the look that General Iroh gives when he's taken prisoner. He like looks pissed and I'm here for it. And then my favorite, favorite moment is Iroh and Zuko fighting back to back against the Earthbenders. That's awesome. Are we doing favorite moments? Yeah, I just skipped right into it. Okay, my favorite moment is when Zuko's, you know, following the trail that Iroh has left for him via his stinky sandal and the tracks <laughs> from the uh, ostrich horses or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he sees Katara, because Aang's trapped in the spirit world at this time, and she's flying Appa. And so he assumes, we are led to assume that he's like, oh man, there's Aang, I can go and get him, or I can go and help Iroh, who's been captured by the Earth Kingdom. And he chooses to go help Iroh. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Some things are more important than the Avatar. Well, right now. his honor, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. No, overall, that's, overall. That's a really nice moment. That's a really good one He's for sure. He's a hero sure. for us all. He's the real hero of the show. Zuko? Aang. Yeah, Aang's over there doing spirit world nonsense, talking to dragons and getting his forehead touched, and being a force <laughs> ghost and talking about Let's- brutes. Yeah, Zuko's out here saving days, Katie. He's out here. He's making moves. Listen, Zuko's my new favorite character. New? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Zula was always my favorite. But now that I'm rewatching it all again, I'm like halfway through season two. I just, yeah, Zuko's got a soft spot in in the old ventricles over here. That is a good moment. All of our favorite moments are seriously like Zuko Iroh moments. But that's not uncommon, I don't think. Yeah, and the weird part is this isn't even like their good season. Like, you know know what I mean? It's, (laughs) It's so much better. It's true. I think that's because it's like a good balance because I think Aang, Katara, and Sokka thus far have been like the kids show side of the show. And having the knowledge of having seen the show before, Iroh and Zuko are like, you know, the adult portion of the show with the foreknowledge of what happens. Mm. But they also work as a kids show antagonist sort of yeah. thing when they need to be that. Totally, totally. So themes, what themes did you pull from this episode? You gotta protect nature, and you can't burn down a panda's forest. Otherwise, nature, the spirit world, will come and beat you up. But if you have a like a conduit onto nature, then you're fine. Yeah, so and nature. We're recording this on the 22nd of April, which is Earth Day. So a day that reminds oh, us all, wow. yeah, that we have one Earth and we have to protect it. And we gotta oh. get rid of it as quick as we can. <laughs> <laughs> Dig up that coal, burn the forest. Honestly, what has the Earth ever done for us? We only got one Earth to go, folks. We're on the home stretch here. It's the last, and it will be defeated. Yeah, that's what I pulled from it, too. And just the hope of renewal, a chance to grow back life. Uh, life finds a way, if you will. Ooh. But you have to work for it. You have to work to set things right. It won't grow back on its own. You have to make amends with the damage that you've done. So that was a good one. A couple other bits on this episode. It's the first time we really hear about the solstice. As a kid watching this, were you like, what's a solstice? It's pretty, uh, it's a pretty big deal in witch culture. I mean, the veil is very thin during the solstice. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to hear about your weird witchcraft related activities, but I did not know. I thought we were open to all religions on this episode. We we aren't open to witchcraft and wizardry. No Harry Potter chat around here. (laughs) Okay, I've already like mentioned Gryffindors. Fun fact about Moaning Myrtle, the actress who plays her, I can't remember her name. I think it's Catherine something. Yes, it was just Harry she, Potter in a wig. She was, she was like 40 years old in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that somewhere. I caught her in a they musical like, on Broadway. Perfect. She was fantastic. Really anyway. Interesting. So the solstice, when you were a child, were you like, what is a solstice? Yes. And it was, it was back in the dark ages of 2005. So like we had a computer in our house, but it was way upstairs. And I wouldn't dare venture that far away from 
my TV set. So, you know, I just, you had, to, I just had to linger on it. I couldn't you give it a goose, you know, nope. I just had to sit and endure. I've but, got a lot of uh, questions for you. Okay. Oh, but eventually you found out what a solstice was? Well, no, eventually later in the series, the solstice keeps coming up, like almost a comical effect. I think there's an episode in season three where they're at the Sun Warrior Temple and they're like trying to figure out how to get into the thing. And Aang's like, oh man, this light probably only hits that thing on the solstice. And Zuko is like, all right, I think I can figure this out. And he like redirects the sunlight using one of his blades. It's a little meta commentary because I think there's yeah, like one funny. other plot point that has to do with that's okay. Is that condescending? You no, no, that was that's like funny. I feel like I'm gonna start. Here's what that, that sounded like on my end. That was funny. Like <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It's funny. It's comical. They've used it as a plot point several times, and then they break it down, and it's it's just bro. Oh, I am hmm, agreeing writing. with you. That is that is the timbre of my I don't voice. Like your tone. I disagree. <laughs> You are seriously ripe tonight. I love it. Okay, moving on. I'm That's very not. funny. I'm going to start using solstice as an excuse for everything. I'll be like, listen, we are on the precipice of solstice every time Every time there's a problem or okay. a solution. The second thing, the meadow vole. So cute. The, oh, yeah. The little thing that comes up on Iroh's pool or whatever. Yeah. Yep. Okay, next thing. Hey, bye <laughs> is like really scary for a kid's show. Were you super scared when you watched it as a little buddy? Be honest. No. No, absolutely not. I thought it was adorable. With its, like, extra weird arms? Yeah, it was like a weird sort of Pokemon. I grew up in the Pokemon generation, and although I didn't partake because I'm not a creep. Don't you lie. Know, I didn't. I wasn't allowed to because we were Christian. And for some reason, Christian and Japanese culture didn't mix or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Squirtles are just too far. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I couldn't use any Chaltazords when I was a kid. <laughs> and I was able to come up. Those <laughs> were not allowed. <laughs> so yeah, I I just I thought that they were cool, but I wasn't allowed. So I it just kind of looked like a Pokemon. Okay, okay. I thought maybe you would have been super scared. No, I was I was cool, calm, and collected as a child. Okay, my next question, Carl. Have you ever been to the spirit world? And be honest. I have. You know what? I, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I did have a outside of the body experience once, but it was a dream. But I was like laying in bed, and I felt myself like shift up and like backwards out of my body, and then I woke up. Okay, but no one I, cares about other people's know, dreams, but all right. Well, I just, it was like eight seconds. So I think Jim can listen to eight seconds about my dream. Yeah, after all we've given Jim, I think he can give us eight seconds of his time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. We've provided minutes of quality content, and I did air quotes around quality and content. <laughs> Great. Next question. Is Max your spirit guide, be honest? Yes, Max would be my spirit animal. Okay. Tell everyone who Max is. Max is our dog. He's a Pomeranian Chihuahua, and he's actually the best dog in the world. Whenever you rhetorically ask a dog, you know, who's a good boy, without knowing it, you're referring to my dog. Isn't that amazing? The weird thing about Max is he's, like, so genteel. <laughs> he is. You're right, and you pronounced it correctly. I really liked the timbre of your voice on that one. You nailed it. Yeah, that one was really sincere. He is the most genteel dog you have ever met. He will just, like, lay his... He'll, he'll cross his little front paws, and he'll just, like, lay them there. Like, just That's waiting. Right. If you wanted to go to a school for, like, proper etiquette, like, you should go to the school of Max. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to set the table. Yeah. I believe he the knows. soup spoon is the closest to this. <laughs> I'm not I'm not Max. I can't speak to the where the soup spoon goes. But, you know, he does. He knows. He does. He knows. So, we'll let you know. Um, There'll be a link in the bio of when his classes, his virtual classes open, because we're all obviously remote now, but... He's yeah, worth, he's worth it. Yep, Jim. Yes. Last but not least, before we move on, because we are spending a lot of time on this episode, but wild how Iroh sort of sees Roku's spirit guide. 
Yeah, it's almost like he's been to the spirit world. <gasps> oh, so when you were watching this the first time, you were like, what? How did Iroh catch that? Yes, yes, that did raise an eyebrow. I was like, did he Did he see it? How did he see it? Why did the other people see it? Did he see it? Maybe I was just imagining something. But, you know, so I was a kid. I was just enjoying the ride. Yeah, just like, like Aang a very... on that dragon, I was enjoying the ride. Yeah, this episode was very, very trippy. Definitely drug-induced, I think. <laughs> And I dug it. Well, I, dug I think it. you were drug-induced when you were watching. <laughs> Moving on to Winter Solstice <laughs> Part 2, Avatar Roku. Carl, lay it on us. Okay, so the gang's like, oh, man, we got to go to the, some crescent-shaped island. And this is still in Season 1, where, like, the rules of how far Appa can travel in a day still apply. So they get on Appa, and they're like, all right, let's go to the Fire Nation. Oh, wait, Aang's like, I have to do this alone. And they're like, no, nah, we're coming. He's like, all right. So they get on up and they head to the Fire Nation. And there's, oh my God, Commander Zhao is there. He has a blockade of entering the Fire Nation. For some reason, he is in all sorts of various different military dealings with the Fire Nation. Doesn't really make a ton of sense, but whatever. And then they like fire a bunch of fireballs at him. And Zuko's following Aang as well. And some of the fireballs hit Zuko's ship. And then Aang and the group make it past blockade. And they head to Avatar Roku's Island. And Zhao's like, ooh, we accidentally hit Zuko's ship, but he can't return to the Fire Nation, but let's let him in, and then we'll follow the smoke signal off of the back of his ship. And so they all meet up at, at all collides at Avatar Roku's island, and Aang goes in there, and they have to figure out a sneaky way to get into the thing, and one of the Fire Sages helps him. There's a bunch of people who keep the temple on Avatar Roku's island called the Fire Sages, and they're all loyal to the Fire Lord now, except for one who's still loyal to the Avatar. And he helps Aang get into the main chamber of Avatar Roku. And the light hits the Avatar Roku statue. And then Aang and Avatar Roku are in the spirit world. And Avatar Roku's like, previously on Avatar, I mean, uh, later on Avatar. And then he explains that there's a comet coming. And when the comet comes every 100 years, oh my god, firebenders are super powerful. And Wait, Carl, isn't, stop- it, isn't it 100, about to be 100 years now? Yeah. Oh, no. I, oh, my God. They only have, like, seven more months to learn a bunch of new elements. And Aang's like, oh, uh, how am I going to learn all the elements? And Avatar Roku's like, you know, give it your best. And Aang's like, all right. And then Aang leaves, and Avatar Roku's like, I'll be you for a second and help you escape. And Aang's like, what? And then he does it, and Avatar Roku firebends and gets out of the chamber. And then Zuko was also there. And he was captured, too. Zhao figured out his weird ploy. And then they all escape. And then it's sad, but they're, you know, Aang, Katara, and Sokka are together. And, yeah, that's the episode. Another robust episode. Yes, I remember the advertising for this when I was a kid. And I, like, had a special sleepover with my friends because this was, like, billed as, like, the most action-packed episode yet. Is the game changer. And it was. It was a game changer. This two-parter. Yeah, for sure. Also, why was I not invited to the sleepover? Rude. You were, but we sent you the invite on your old email address. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I know, yeah. Also, I was like a teenager girl, and you were like a little boy. That would be weird. But, you know, I'd still roll up. I'd still represent. Anyway, very good recap. A lot happened here. I found this one actually difficult to think about favorite moments. What are your favorite oh, moments? Oh, the, the, my favorite moment is the interaction between Aang and Roku. Roku's Same. like, because they haven't actually interacted yet. He just kind of saw mm-hmm. Roku's statue and was like, that was me last time. And now Avatar Roku's like cool and 
he's smooth and he's like he's the obi-wan kenobi of the series he has the information and he has to drop it on ang and it's like whoa what and we get like a darkly lit image of the fire lord who ang's gonna have to take out and it contrasts very well with the fun vibe that it's been setting up and it's like oh this dark evil imposing figure Aang's gonna have to fight him. We're in store yeah. for some wacky adventures. Yeah, that was my favorite part too. And I like when Roku says to Aang, I know you can do it, Aang, for you have done it before. And I think that, I don't know why, but that moment I just wrote, this show is incredibly spiritual. And I don't think you would really notice it if you were a kid watching it. But as an adult, there's so many elements of different philosophies, different religions that come to play. And that is a big one. And just the idea of like time and what is time and what is existence. I really liked that bit. Yeah. yeah. Reinforces the reincarnation. Mm-hmm. And the idea that, you know, there is nothing new. Everything that we have done, everything under the sun has been done before, which I find a lot of comfort in that for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, I find but that I, depressing. I, I know. One most people probably would, but like I don't know. There's something comforting about like what's been done has been done before, and time went on, existence went on, evolve Mm. or die. Anyway, I was surprised rewatching the show when Aang is meant to run into Roku Sanctuary, but Katara's like, Aang, go, go. And then we find out that Zuko has him by the short and curlies. That's my favorite idiom. I was thinking about that the other day. The short and curlies. Yeah. (laughs) I think it definitely is a reference to to pubes, but it's not, it's not. I Googled this the other day <gasps> and it's in reference. <laughs> seriously? Yeah, it's in reference to the neck hairs on the back of your neck because they're <laughs> short and curly. <laughs> <laughs> weird what are the odds i mean we've been spending a lot of time together but still that's weird secondly i definitely thought it was pubes me too that's why i googled it why would anybody be grabbing somebody down there i guess (laughs) because you've like got them right where you want them you've got them in a vulnerable position so assumedly it would be pubes but it's not it's you got them by the back of the neck this has been everything changed (laughs) a pubes discussion You know what, though? Honestly, we should be more open about pubes. They're they're a big part of life. I, I think we've talked about pubes enough for one podcast. Let's continue with the, the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, yes. Back to it. Cool. We had the same favorite moment. Themes. Uh, responsibility, maybe? Um, like... Okay, we are back. Sorry, our mom called me and uh, ruined our last recording, but we think we still got the audio. Wrong, so we're just, what? wrong inaccurate. Okay. You okay. didn't turn off your notifications. Don't throw the blame around. Okay, so is- Don't play are the you, blame game. Are you doing this because I flexed on you with the 600 days? Honestly, yeah. Okay, cool. Not cool. Not well, cool <laughs> okay, where were we? Oh, we're themes. talking about something. Oh, yes, yeah, we, the themes. Yeah, we were scraping the bottom of the barrel for some themes. That's right. There really aren't any themes. There's too much action. So there I've got a couple, a of... but they're not great. Okay. Okay, so one is good friends Denver. got your back. You're right. That wasn't great. Yeah, because Aang's out to leave without Sok and Katara, and they're like, hey, wait up, bro. We're going too. And he's like, cool. That was such a half-assed effort. He was like, I have to do this alone. They're like, we're going to come. And he's like, yeah, all right. That makes sense. And then I also had something about the importance of doing your duty, something about the fire sages. Now, let me say this. Those fire sages, those hoes ain't loyal. They're loyal. No, they were supposed to be loyal to the Avatar and they weren't. They betrayed the Avatar and they were loyal to the Fire Lord. Yes, that is the history of the fire sages. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. No, that's not. Their grandparents 
were supposed to be loyal to the Avatar. And then when the next Avatar didn't show up, they decided, you know what? There's no Avatar to be loyal to. I'll be loyal to the dude who's, you know, paying my checks. Oh, but then an Avatar shows up. Yeah, and then an Avatar shows up and they're like, you know, we've been loyal to the Fire Lord. Listen, these hoes ain't loyal, Carl. I hate to say it. I hate to break it to you. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. You're so basic. Okay. No, no Donald Trump impressions on this podcast. More. More Donald no. Trump impressions. No. Our Donald Trump impressions should equal our pube talk. That's my, that's my concession. I think that that is actually fair. Yes. Okay. So some other bits. We don't have a lot on themes because you're right. This is a very action-packed episode. So when you were like a little buddy and you were seeing these commercials, were you like so excited for this episode? I was so hopped up on sugar and sugary beverages. I was out the window at at the thought of another Avatar The Last Airbender episode, let alone one where he explodes a flaming rock with his foot and air power. So like, what were you hopped up on? What were you eating and drinking at the time? You know, pixie sticks and... Mountain Dew and okay. whipped cream. Ew. You know. Yeah, that gets you there. Kid that food. Gets, yeah, kid food. Cool. A couple That's things like we children find, cocaine. It definitely is. A couple things we find out in this episode. We find out that Zuko was banished. We did we not know that. that yep. Okay, okay. We find out in this episode that he's been banished. And we're like, but why? Pourquoi? And we won't Pourquoi? find out for a while. We also, it is reinforced that Commander Zhao is a big jerk. That's reinforced. Yes. And obviously we learn he's more everywhere. about- and he's everywhere at the same time. The first time that we meet him, he's at a naval command base, just kind of overseeing that. And now he's part of a blockade at sea. And then later, he's going to be like trying to recruit some archers. And then later, he's going to be leading an invasion of the Northern Water Tribe. Like, what's where is this guy based at? I got to be he honest with you. Be, he's yeah. like really earning his evil motions. Oh, yeah. He's going the extra mile. He's going the extra nautical mile, if I may. <laughs> yeah, he absolutely is. I mean, he's here, there, and everywhere. It makes you really wonder if perhaps he's part of a triplet. Maybe. Maybe there is more than one Zhao. Oh, of course, we don't see any more Zhao's later, but, you know. It's true. Without I wonder your third, if I... maybe he's in a deep depression. Maybe the other two are in a deep depression. That's probably it. That seems the most logical explanation. And then, obviously, we get the big plot plan that Aang has to defeat the Fire Lord by the end of the summer. And that's not too far off, shake my head. That's right. He's got to cancel those summer plans. Just like all of our summer plans will be canceled in the quarantine. Carl, what summer plans did you have coming up that were canceled? Oh, so many summer plans. I was going to go to the beach. I was going to run on the beach. I was going to do a third thing on beaches. Mm, All canceled. mm, Gutted. Well, we are meant to go to a beach soon, but it's not looking good. Great. Yep. Anyway, the ending moment I wanted to talk about, it ends with our three heroes flying somberly toward a giant, giant moon. But the moon's normal size. It's just very well silhouetted against them. Could that be foreshadowing of things to come? Hmm? I doubt it. No, probably not. It probably means nothing. If there's anything I've learned from Avatar The Last Airbender is that everything's Nothing meaningless. means anything. It's a very nihilistic show, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. everything's pointless. Everything's just stop it. Zuko's such an emo. Yeah. <laughs> such an emo. Cool. So that is Winter Solstice Part 1 and Part 2. Carl, any final thoughts? Yeah, let's end this podcast. Yeah, I think, like, Mom is, like, calling Michael now. Maybe there's something wrong. She's not calling me. Yeah, but every time I call you, your phone, like, doesn't ring. You have it set up weird. Am I blocked? Did you block me? Be honest. Anyway, so that's our fourth episode of <laughs> Everything Changed. Just, <laughs> no, I just have it on Do Not Disturb at all times. You're very busy. I understand. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, thank you all for joining us. If you have anything that you want to add about these episodes, we'd love to hear your favorite moments, what you think the themes are. Tell us, you know, who's right and who's wrong about different things that we argue about. Tell uh, us how right share. I am and how wrong okay. Katie is. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, have a wonderful night and we will see you next time on Everything Changed.